rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2260. Today we're going to be looking at the inner workings of the automotive industry, where things all start on these wonderful automobiles we love so much, a little bit of how they're built, supply chain, how things are doing since COVID is somewhat waning for companies uh, like the one I'm talking to today. So buckle up, we're going to have some fun. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Westlake, Georgia, where the sun is out. Things are beautiful for a winter day with a very special guest by the name of Shelby Edwards. Now, with a name like Shelby, uh, we're not going to be talking about Shelby's. We're going to be talking about some other things in the car world. But Shelby, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear? And are you ready to release the clutch? I am. Thank you for having me, Mark. You're welcome. We're going to have some fun today. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into your world, what's one little thing that people don't know about Shelby Edwards? Uh, I think one thing would be that I was in the Marines. I don't talk about it a lot. Hoorah! That, yeah, thank you. Yeah, Semper Fi. And, um, and I was a veteran of the Gulf War back in 90 and 91. Wow. And so, and before, um, and I did all this before I attended college. And when I went to college, I wanted to be a doctor. So oh, wow. that's how I started out in pre-med. So that's a little bit about me. High achiever. Well, that's kind of interesting. I have a good buddy that I grew up with that went into the Marine Corps after college and became a pilot. Very nice. Yeah. And uh, flew for eight, nine years, something like that. And uh, my father-in-law was a Marine for over 30 years. So once a Marine, always a Marine. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So I, I really appreciate your service to this country and being a Marine. Uh, it adds another another level of highness in my bar as far as <laughs> my opinion. But I understand you're like 6'5", so you had quite the presence as a Marine. Yeah, I suppose so. Yes. Yeah, that's very cool. And wanting to be a doctor. So uh, listeners, I'm dealing with a very sharp character today, which is very, very cool. So let me give you a proper introduction. Shelby Edwards is the general manager of Castellium Automotive Structures Business in North America. With over 20 years of management experience in international companies, he worked for Intel Semiconductor, Valorec, and uh, how do you say this? Arcoro Metal? You've worked for some interesting yeah. companies. Ar Ar ArcelorMittal, yes. Yes. Very, very, uh, very big company, actually. About 270,000 employees worldwide. Holy mackerel. Yes, cool. exactly. There you go. In 2017, he joined Constellium as the operations director, leading the maintenance, engineering, and operations team consisting of, well, over 1,200 employees in the packaging and automotive aluminum coil production plant in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Now, you regularly listeners will recognize that because I had one of his uh, colleagues on the show back in April, Chris Smith. So uh, you've heard Muscle Shoals, you've heard of Constellium. In 2020, Shelby became the plant manager for the Automotive Structures Facility in Van Buren, Michigan, as a tier one supplier for machined and assembled extrusion components to automotive OEMs. And since the fall of 2020, he's been the general manager of Automotive Structures in their North American facility with full P&L responsibilities in North America. American plans for multiple locations. So this is a very busy guy. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsors. So give them a little love. They keep the gas in the tanks here. And we'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up. 
way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Being a professional automotive technician today requires an understanding of technology, computers, and electrical systems that are highly advanced and very complex. Cars yeah is pleased to support TechForce Foundation. It's one of our charities of choice and its efforts to help young people pursue the technical education and careers as automotive techs. Through scholarships, grants, and good old-fashioned hands-on experience with cars, trucks, boats, and more, TechForce and Carsia are working to connect young people with viable careers in the automotive sector. Join us by visiting techforce.org today. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. They're talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and first-hand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, Shelby, I'm excited to talk to you, TB, because you suppliers have been through, well, let's just say hell uh, for the last couple of years with what's happened in the world. I want to talk a little bit, though, about your history and involvement with Constellium and even maybe further back of this world of supply chain stuff, if you will, for the automotive sector. And then we're going to talk a little bit about how you guys are doing these days. Have things improved? And can those of us who want to buy a car, a new car or any car, uh, is there a light at the end of the tunnel that's been a little bleak over the last few years? But walk me through your career path a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So um, I started in Constellium um, about five years ago, maybe closer to six. It's been fascinating. So Constellium is a global company providing aluminum products and solutions to the automotive packaging and uh, aerospace market. So I happen to be working in the automotive sector of it, which uh, we provide um, offer sheet and extrusion-based aluminum solutions to the OEMs. We supply most of the global automakers worldwide, and uh, some of the products are in some of the most iconic vehicles out there today. So the Ford F-150, the uh, Ford Explorer, so on and so forth. So it's been very busy, and as we all know, as you mentioned, the supply chain issues over the last several years have been pretty significant, mostly because I think 
I don't know about you, but when I was in school, in college, they were teaching uh, global markets and we need to become global economies and, and move our offshore our manufacturing and things like this. So I think uh, this has been a real challenge in that regard with the supply chains. And so we're moving it back on shore. And um, with that specifically, I think some of the semiconductor challenges have been interesting. I used to work with Intel. So uh, I was with them for seven years early in my career. And uh, with that, uh, I'm very familiar that most of the assembly and everything is done offshore. And uh, especially on their older products, uh, they, they tend to um, uh, outsource it at some of the Taiwan semiconductor foundries. Mm -hmm. And with that, they started bringing that back into the U.S. And so you hear a lot about that in the market right now, which is very interesting about the plants they're starting to build in Ohio and everything in support of the automotive industry. So do I believe that there is a light at the end of the tunnel? Absolutely. Because as these uh, supply chain constraints start to lift with the semiconductors and some of the products, as we bring it on shore, I'm sure that the uh, supply will start to increase meet the demand. Well, it's quite interesting. And you mentioned, I mean, you and guy are, I'll say we're more mature fellows. I'm probably a little older than you, but <laughs> I remember, yeah, back in those days, uh, a great book called The World is Flat by Friedman, yes. where it talked about, okay, we're going into a part of the of life where everything's going to be done by everybody. Uh, maybe the yes. guy who's looking at your x-rays is in India. And, you know, and at the time it's like, oh, okay, this seems kind of cool, kind of interesting. And looking back now, we see not only did that improve some things and open up the world to business, uh, it, yeah, the world became flat. But then when you have any kind of kink, I'll use an example that you're probably familiar with. Remember that uh, ship that was stuck in the canal yes. for about seven days? That backed Very up. Very well. That backed up shipping for a year, I think. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And then we talk about, all these car cargo ships sitting off L.A. for months and months and months even affected things like the Pebble Beach Concorde. There were cars in 2019, 2021 that, well, one year they didn't have it, but couldn't even get to the show. They'd been shipped from overseas and they were stuck on a ship right offshore. So how have you guys fared through what's going on right now? Because I've been to a lot of car manufacturing facilities and seen these giant rolls of aluminum and steel, and I, I just go wonder where that came from. Who's making that? Well, now I'm talking to some guys that, that produce this and ship it all over the world. But how did you guys fare through all that? And you, you said, give us some hope here. There is some light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I think we fared very well, actually. I think, um, I think the biggest challenge is, is that obviously we see cost being driven up, right, as the demand has been increasing in the U.S., uh, for aluminum parts. So that has been, I would say that's the biggest challenge that we're facing today as we, um, things like the billet premium. So these are some of the costs added for creating the shape of the material so that we can use it through the extrusion presses. So these things have increased significantly over the last several years and it's simply because of the demand mm. uh, here domestically. Uh, whereas we used to get some of these materials uh, from uh, overseas as well. But we realized that we need to bring our uh, production here domestically so that we can make sure we have continuity of supply. As you mentioned, it wasn't unusual for container ships to be held offshore for months at a time full of containers, which drove up the price of containers as well and freight costs oh, and everything gosh. else. Yeah. So this was a very difficult time for us, but I think um, I think we fared very well. Um, we've um, it's actually helped us improve our supply chain, looking at uh, where we source, uh, how we're sourcing managing our costs and so on and so forth. So I believe that um, in that regard, I think we've done an outstanding job. Um, and um, 
I, th- I think th- I think this is really materializing in our production and how we're being approached by our OEMs now. And so, uh, do I see a light at the end of the tunnel? Absolutely. I think uh, I think we'll probably see some relief here towards the uh, end of the year in 2023. Of course, you hear the in the media, everybody's talking about the potential of recession. So that will that will also assist in driving prices back down as well, right? So as the as supply outpaces the demand, right? It's the old uh, supply and demand rule. I mean, it's always exactly. been in place. It always will be in place. And when you simplify the complexity of the world, it definitely works. Talk to us a little bit about aluminum because aluminum is one of these things that over time has become more and more prevalent and and appears in cars uh, and so many things that we do because of its nature and and so many types of uses. And you think about for the average guy like me, aluminum, a can, we recycle this stuff. The aluminum that you guys use and that is used in general in the industry, is most of it continual recycling that's been happening? It is. In fact, uh, there's a very high percentage. I think it. I think it's in the neighborhood of 90% plus, which is uh, recyclable content, right? So it, it's put back into the uh, the supply chain, and then we recycle, and we can. T- I think it's not. It's even higher than the 90%. It's up in the 97, 98%, which uh, is uh, recyclable, and we can reuse it. So. Um, um, it's an infinite resource that we can uh, we continue to to bring to the table and um, supply to our customers. And the beauty about aluminum, especially as we move into the demand for EV vehicles and the transition that we see there, is that we're moving. You know, it provides a um, lightweight solution that's stronger and safer for vehicles. And so we supply our uh, crash management systems and the structural components from extrusions. And with that, uh, it leads to higher performance for these EV vehicles because it's a lighter weight, improving the efficiency and, and greater range for these vehicles. So that's the beauty of aluminum and then what we bring to the table over what I would say is steel as a, as a solution. Well, it's nice to be talking to a guy that paints a more positive picture because over the last few years, I've talked to a lot of people in the manufacturing and businesses that, you know, things were pretty tough and uh, yes. they were really fighting through. Some people... It was okay. Some people had a stellar year of uh, those last two years and others just like, this is really difficult and we've got to change things. So when I talk about driving inspirations, I typically ask people about mentors or inspirational people in their lives, but maybe I twist this up a little bit with you. Uh, you're giving us some hope and some positivity here, which is, <laughs> is nice to hear in the new year, despite the economy and the woes and everything that we're doing, things are maybe looking brighter, right? Yes, I, I mean I believe so. I'm I'm always I'm always an optimist, mm-hmm. right? So I I believe that uh, every challenge brings an opportunity, and uh, it's really how we react to, to those challenges is how we come out on the other side. So I would say in regard to our business, I think that we've shown significant improvement over the last couple of years. As I mentioned, we always face the 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 cost challenges. Um, but uh, that's an opportunity for us to improve our efficiencies and our operations and how we source our products and things like this. So um, I believe the future is very bright for us and it's created opportunities and open doors for us with the o- OEMs. Um, so I see this as being a very positive for Constellium. And uh, we, we have an outstanding team and uh, we're always hiring, right? And I, I'd love to see more veterans at our facility because I'm a veteran myself and I'm very much in support of that. So um, yeah, I think there's a tremendous opportunity. I think uh, there's tons of opportunity. We're hiring like crazy. You know, we always need people. Awesome. And I think anybody that's out there looking for an exciting career should uh, check us out. 
Well, there you go, listeners. Opportunity. That's what it's all <laughs> exactly. about. You know, and that's another uh, point to touch on. We talk about challenges, a big challenge. A lot of my past guests that are into manufacturing, running businesses, both large and small, challenges they face have been personnel. Uh, because it yes. seems that the word has been, where have all the workers gone? Where Where is everybody? Why can't I find people to work for us? Did you guys experience some of that over the last few years? And have you seen some improvement there as we come out of the COVID world and people realizing, okay, I can't just sit around and do nothing. And not that a lot of these people were doing nothing. I think they just transitioned into other things. Uh, but have you seen some improvement there? Uh, you know, I, I can honestly tell you that we had a very difficult time. So early on in COVID, I mean, there was tremendous stress, specifically on the blue collar workers who were in the factory about, you know, they're having to show up every day. So while a lot of people were getting to stay home and, and be scared, there was demand, right? And so these folks, I I applaud their tremendous courage to come into work every day, stand at the machine, perform their duties and, and do it without complaint. So, um, but it, it has been difficult and our retention rate was very difficult at the time. So I would say though, in the last um, year to six months, we've seen improvements. And so we went through great efforts to make sure that our employees felt safe and that we were taking care of them and that we were taking into consideration the issues they were facing. So, and I think, I think, Today, I think the employees have seen tremendous growth in their own their own paychecks, right? Because of the challenges we've seen over the last three years. So there's always that benefit as well. I would say now today, I would say that the biggest thing that because of all the efforts we invested in taking care of our people, I would say the biggest opportunity we created with that is the word of mouth from our people, because the biggest advocates for employment are the people inside your plants. Exactly. So if you're taking care of them, then they go out and tell everybody else how we're being taken care of. That's that's an attraction factor. And so I think because of that, we've actually come up on top yeah. of the of, uh, and it's uh, really benefited us. And so I applaud our teams for all the work they've done to make that happen. Well, bravo. That's not an easy thing to do. Uh, but it is a drip down effect, I say, from people at the top and how they manage and lead and treat people. And uh, that just improves and improves. So it says a lot about your management team, you guys, Chris, uh, everybody around you, um, that people are happy to be there. And the fact that there's jobs, that's always a good thing. Uh, I've always said that exactly. the most important thing is if you feel like you're doing something worthwhile and you're taking care of your family and yourself, that's what makes us feel the best in life, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a pretty simple thing, but uh, sometimes people have a hard time understanding that. You know, you and I had a great talk before we jumped on here because you are a Porsche guy like me. I know some of you <laughs> listeners out there rolling your eyes now. I'm always talking about Porsches, but we love Porsches. But I want you to talk about a special vehicle in your life and what it means to you. So uh, take me on a little ride. Yeah, it has to be my 911 I have right now. So I have a 2020 911 Carrera 4S. That, honestly, when I was a kid, I always wanted a Porsche 911. It was always my dream. I used to tell my mom that, hey, I'm going to have one of these someday. She would roll her eyes and say, whatever, because that, that wasn't part of our economic future. <laughs> you know, like, when I was like a kid. My, I was like, my <laughs> mom, in fact, she actually made me every year for my birthday. I'd say, I want a Porsche. And one day she made me a Porsche birthday cake. She goes, now you can have your Porsche and eat it too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it sounds like my mom. Maybe we have the same parents. Yep. So, um, so yeah, that that car has been my f favorite, and I I get to um, I really get to enjoy it here in North Georgia because the Blue Ridge Mountains are right up the street oh, here. Yeah. 
and uh, some of the best roads in the country. And uh, I, my wife totally understands this is how I unwind and recharge. And so I'll go take off on the weekend and may sp- spend the whole day just driving through the mountains and going to Charholia um, Skyway or going up to the tail of the dragon and going driving. And uh, it's just beautiful there. And so that is my car story. And, my, and I, I get to live out my dream now, which is uh, having the vehicle that I have. Well, a lot of years of hard work and sacrifice and uh, all the things that we do for our families and then reward ourselves. Now, uh, have you had a chance to get out to the Porsche Experience Center there in Atlanta? I sure did. Actually, I I did that. My wife got that for my birthday this last year. Nice. So I, I, it was amazing. So there's a, what I found out, there's a lot I don't know. Ah. And, uh, and I had an outstanding instructor and he took me around the track and it was, uh, it was amazing. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I thought I could drive well, but then this guy really showed me what could be done. And, um, yeah, I have a lot to learn still. Well, I always say that those driving experiences are so important and they help us realize that the car is typically way over our skill set levels and they need to be respected, but also you can learn a lot. Did you happen to meet a guy when you were there named Ray Schaefer? Yeah, I don't recall the name, but okay. but honestly, I was so enthralled with all <laughs> the, the vehicles and yeah. the experience there that I didn't even pay attention to names, unfortunately. No, it's okay. <laughs> Ray has been a friend of mine for a long time. He worked at Brumos Porsche for years and years. And when I started this podcast, he was in transition trying to figure out what to do. He landed at the Porsche Experience Center there and uh, is just an awesome guy. But all the people, I've had a few of their instructors on this show. Uh, I got to go out there um, and experience it one day. It was actually a day they were closed, but Ray got me in there and I got a private tour and got to walk around and, and see everything. And yeah, it's definitely, and the one out here in LA, well here, I'm not in LA, I'm way north, but on the West Coast uh, is yeah. another great one. So it's a really fun thing to do. And even if you're not an owner, you can go and experience it and drive exactly. cars. And uh, you know, the, all, the whole thing is about be, helping people become owners. And exactly. Buy yeah. So it's a pretty fun place. So I'm going to be your car psychologist today. Crawl into your skull a little bit here. If you were a car, manifest as a car, reincarnated as a car, what would you be and why? Yeah, so that's a great question. At one point, I had an F-150. It's when I actually worked in Muscle Shoals. It was a F-150 Raptor. Oh. It was black. I had big tires on it, custom bumpers and all that stuff I put on it. And everybody used to say, like, that truck fits you perfectly. And um, so I guess... I guess that's my personality coming across in that truck, and uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a fun truck. It still it still isn't my Porsche, but uh, but it was a nice truck. I loved it. And Those so, things are my next door neighbor has one. He's a tall guy like you. He's a truck guy, but that truck is uh, he let me drive it when he got it, and it's like a dare I say a Porsche of trucks because yes. super powerful. It doesn't drive like a truck. It drives more like a really nice SUV. Um, exactly. And has lots of power. He takes it out to his ranch and drives through the mud and jumps that thing all over and does some crazy stuff with it. Um, I think Ford did a nice job with those vehicles. Absolutely. Yeah, it was an incredible truck and um, I loved it. And uh, yeah, just uh, I had a I had a bigger dream that I had my focus on <laughs> in the 911. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. I like to ask how people or even their organizations like to give back. And I assume Constellium has some programs built within it that help others give back. The main thing you do is you provide jobs, which again, I said it earlier, I think are one of the most important things. Anytime there are lots of jobs available and people are employed, it seems like in this country and other countries, things get better and people get happier and there's not so much strife in the world. And I think that's why COVID added so much strife, not only the 
health problems, but it's just, it shut down jobs and that's just terrifying. So what are some of the ways that you and or Castellium give back and help others? Yeah, so there's a couple of things. I mean, one uh, that I really enjoy doing is a program called ACP, which is uh, mentoring veterans that have recently been uh, retiring or getting out of the military. Um, so this is a great opportunity to actually get the mentor because it is very intimidating. I recall getting out of the military and there's a whole – you sit there and think about, well, how does my skill set that I developed into in the military translate into a career – in the civilian life. And it's very different. And I mean, this the acronyms and the language you speak and everything. So, um, so it's, it's really interesting. I've, I've got the opportunity to uh, mentor guys that were in special forces that were sergeants that were life uh, career lifelong um, wow. uh, military folks and, and uh, guys that ran whole regions of the, of the uh, Americas and things like that, or the Middle East, as far as being officers. And it really is intimidating for them when they get out of the military. It's like, okay, what do I do now? Right. And so this is an excellent opportunity to kind of give back and mentor them and help them uh, transition. And then also, uh, in, which fits well into my next one, which is employee development. So um, I have... I don't know why, but I've just seen way too many times in just multiple uh, industries I've been in. It's just there's not enough investment in, in um, employee development. So I, I love to take time to give the, give feedback, share what I know, just like the mentors that did for me, and uh, develop the people because I think this is critical for us as we bring back on onshore the um, industry uh, manufacturing that we need future leaders and we need people that are um, – passionate about the industry they're in and that can grow. And, and um, so this is a super important for me. And it's something I invest a lot of my time working with my teams to do. So, well, my hat's off to you. Incredibly valuable. And I think you're right. My father-in-law I mentioned was in the Marine Corps and he retired and was sitting around at home. And uh, my mother-in-law said, you need to go find something to do because you're too <laughs> right. young to sit around here and bark orders to all of us. You know, <laughs> and here's a guy who served three terms in Vietnam. I mean, he managed troops. Uh, I believe he was a full, full bird colonel there when he retired. Exactly. And I think he went through some of the thing. He didn't quite know, well, what can I do? Well, he had management mm-hmm. skills and he ended up uh, running a resort down in Mexico and making it um, profitable and hoping the employees improve. And so it took all those skill sets that he never saw could work in this environment at a resort on the beach in Mexico. Exactly. How could that work? Uh, so what you're doing is great. Exactly. It's pretty incredible. And these guys have tons of skill set, right? So like you said, there's a lot that can be translated, but you have to help them. And discipline. Yep. Exactly. They know how to think and react quickly and set a goal and achieve that goal, where a lot of times people don't even, like, can't even get up in time to get to exactly. work. Exactly. You know? And like you said, and one of the beauty, beautiful things as well is even with all that discipline, they they also help know how to achieve it through teamwork, yes. which is critical, right? And it's so, and a lot of that is missing sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. In a lot of organizations. So. Yeah. Well, happy to hear you doing that. So how about a great book that you've read? We love books here on Cars Yeah that you'd like to share with the listeners. Good question as well. So I, re- I do a lot of reading, but two books that are pretty critical for me that I always share with my teams. One is The Goal. Mm. Uh, by uh, Mr. Goldratt. And um, and then for this one is a great book because it teaches you about the theory of constraints and then how to focus your finite resources on the problem or the bottleneck in your plant, how to remove that and increase throughput, right? So and it creates satisfaction for everybody because they're working on the right things. And the other book that I would say is uh, Extreme Ownership. Ah. 
and so by Jocko Wildeck, right? And this one, uh, it was written by a seal. And uh, the whole thing is about taking responsibility and accountability as a leader mm. uh, because there's no such thing as a bad team. There's only bad leaders. Yeah. And so, uh, so it's really if you see your team not performing, you really have to take an inward look at yourself and figure out what you do to pivot and correct it. Jocko's amazing. Uh, yeah. Yes. That guy. Oh, yes. Well, there's another good example of somebody taking his veteran nature and skill sets and turning it into leadership and helping others and so forth. And yeah, my son's become a huge fan of, of him as well. And, and me exactly. too. Yeah. Pretty, pretty intimidating guy, but exactly. Incredibly. <laughs> yeah. You want to face him on the battlefield. Holy cow. <laughs> turn around and run away. Yeah, I'm glad he's on our side. Uh, no, no kidding. Yeah, well, a lot of the people that serve, most of the people yep, that serve, yeah, exactly. glad they're on our side. So let's go on the ultimate drive. Today, I'm going to be your benefactor, which is kind of cool. I'm going to park any car in your driveway that you would like. We'll have to put the 911 aside because you've already got that, but something really interesting, fun, could be old or new. You can take it on a drive, but here's the key. You can take anybody with you, even somebody who's no longer with us, which opens up a world of interesting conversations. So it does. let's go on a ride. It does. So, you you know, just giving this some thought, I think it would be my mother. Oh, so nice. She, yeah, she passed away about a year and a half ago. Oh, and, I'm um, sorry. You know, um, I would have taken her in the 9-11, yeah, right? Yeah. So, uh, but uh, she she was a big Trans Am fan. So my oh, mom had a cool. 78 Trans Am oh, back really? in the day. Oh, yeah, so cool mom. <laughs> super cool car. And then she had a Trans Am later. It was like a Firebird, I think a, a 90 something. Wow. Uh, but she was a huge fan of Pontiacs and the, and Trans Ams. But um, yeah, we go on a ride with her. And I'm just um, basically, I would drive because my mom loved to drive fast and I would try to keep us out of jail. So I think that would be super critical for the day to <laughs> yeah. make it successful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I think one of the I think one of the things I would talk to her about is I would just have a conversation to share my gratitude for everything that she did for us. Yeah. And so, you know. It's a good lesson for all of us. We still, I'm fortunate to still have my mom. I try to always remember to be gracious and, and thank her for what she's done for me and all the different things. But, you know, I took my mom for a ride and I had a um, 98 uh, 4S. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, the 993 car. And uh, she was up here visiting. I took her for a ride and I was driving a little bit too fast uh kind of we went to a backwoods area and i ended up down this cul-de-sac and turned around this man came out yelling at us slow the ass down now you're going too fast to my i'm so sorry so sorry and my mom you know she leans over and she goes well i'm his mother and i told him to slow down and from now on he was you know so i'm like oh my gosh i'm getting i'm getting attacked from both sides here you know but uh yeah they keep us on the straight and narrow so uh would it be since we're going to remove your 911 is there another porsche 911 maybe that we would put you in yeah so I'd, i would love to have a turbo s oh. I think that nice. would be a, the next ambition, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, then I think it would be even more important that I drive it rather than my mom. Cause, uh, <laughs> yeah, those things. You know, I'll tell you, I've had some friends that have bought Carrera RSs and so forth, you know, the ultimate street track car. And many of them have gone back to the Turbo S because the Turbo S does everything those cars do, unless you're a full-on track junkie. Exactly. But they do it comfortably because mm -hmm. uh, even uh, I got a chance to fly down and pick up a, um, I kind of think of it was a GT2. Yes. You know, it was like very stiff clutch. And yeah, I was like, uh, I think the Turbo S might be a little more comfortable. Maybe my age was showing. I don't know. I think I, well, I'm, I'm with you. So I think like the GT3s and all those kind of cars, right? The track cars, 
they sound amazing. I mean, when you have a non-aspirated motor at 9,000 RPM and uh, just to hear that scream, that's amazing. But uh, yeah, it's it's not the most comfortable ride in the world, and uh, and they don't want it to be right. So no. you, when you have a roll bar in your back seat, yeah. <laughs> and you know harnesses on the front seats, yeah. uh, there's a reason why it's stiff like that. So not that great for the streets. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's well, that's worth. It was sure fun though, man. That was a <laughs> that was a fast drive. I'm surprised I got back without uh, being lectured exactly. by a highway patrol car uh, somehow along the way. <laughs> but I won't say how fast I got that thing going. So before I let you go today, I want I wonder if you could leave us with some words of inspiration and wisdom, given your background in the military and running companies and so forth. No doubt you have some great uh, thoughts to share with us today. Yeah. So I think for me, one of the important lessons that, and I've had some great mentors that have shared this with me is just never quit learning. I mean, the minute that I start saying that uh, I know to everybody's comments, uh, then, then I've got a problem because then I've shut my mind to the possibilities of what else, what other solutions may be out there. And, um, and I, I by no means know everything. So I, 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 I'm never the expert in the room. I always rely on my team, uh, to, as a group effort to, to get to a solution. So, um, so yeah, this has been one of my mottos that I have. And, um, I really, uh, therefore I, I just have a lot of respect and uh, love for my teams. Going back to the wisdom of mothers, I remember my mom saying, you know, pick your friends wisely and pick friends that you deem smarter, faster, better than you because you will aspire to be them versus hanging out with losers, which you'll end up being a loser. Absolutely. 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 And from these people, we can learn an awful lot if we allow them to teach us. uh, Exactly. Sure. So I love that. How can people learn more about Constellium? Yeah, so the, I think there's a great resource, which is our website. I think going to www.constellium.com. Uh, we have our social media web pages. If anybody wants to reach out to me, there's always my LinkedIn page. And then uh, on top of that, there's resources out there that we're always hiring. We're looking for people. Like I said, I would love to see a lot more veterans at our sites. And uh, I'm a huge supporter because, like you said, they, there's the discipline, there's the teamwork, that they exhibit. So uh, fascinated by that. And uh, we would love to have more members join our team. And, um, you know, I, I, th- I think Constellium is the, the biggest secret in North America. And I think we need to fix that. And I appreciate opportunities like this to do so. Well, I'm happy to share it. And uh, one of the things I keep saying, I'm all about finding a passion in the automotive world, uh, a job that you're passionate about in the automotive world that you can work at. Constellium is a great resource for you listeners out there, young or old, looking for something unique. And of course, if you're a veteran, here you go. There's an opportunity knocking at your door right here. Uh, thanks to Shelby Edwards today. And I want to do a shout out. Thank you to our mutual friend, Adrian Lenhoff at Buzzforia. Buzzforia. Uh, she's brought some great people to Cars yeah here. So so, Adrian, thank you very much. Shelby, thanks for being, uh, well, just so much fun to talk to today for sharing your time and experience. Uh, this has been a delight. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. And I'll think of you next time I see a, a car driving by with some aluminum on it. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. And Stellium, check them out. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!